Jennifer. How are you? Hello, Richard, my darling. How are you? Good to see you. Good to be seen by you. Thank you. I love our meetings. <laughs> and I have to tell you, a lot of clients get bummed out when we don't do it when it doesn't drop on the time. I'm like, that's so good. That's awesome. I got a couple of emails. Are you guys okay? Just <laughs> <laughs> <This> fighting. <laughs> now I'm getting like the really nitpicky, you know, comments like, my microphone is screwed up and I don't know why. I got to fix it. But when I start to talking, it, but yeah. eventually, whatever. And then I got a comment. I think you've gotten this comment before. Tell Richard to stop talking. Richard. And it, but this is what it's done. Now my clients are like, you've actually taught my clients something because indirectly they're like, oh no. One of them goes, I just don't want to interrupt your process like Rich does. <laughs> I just start laughing. So you're teaching my clients indirectly to like not, you know, it's hilarious. Yeah. Nope. Listen, and I wrote this person. It was a comment on Quora, but I said, you know, we have our little weird way of communicating and right. you can bypass my voice altogether by contacting Jennifer directly, book a session or, you know, with somebody they need to talk to Then you don't have to hear me at all you are so funny <laughs> okay all right so all right luana writing your name down right as you said that very good luana and i will start <laughs> us off our class kind of the way we did before a couple a week ago which is process talking about process and access and the reason I'm doing that is because a couple of days ago, I was having another one of those conversations where mm -hmm. I am consciously aware that I was talking to Luana. Right. And Rich Martini, not consciously aware, trying to figure out what are you guys talking about? My higher self talking to Lou. And the phrase that I got to remind me was Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Now, I can explain what that means because I understood it. But I'll let Lou. Luana, do you want to explain to Jennifer why you popped that sentence into my head? I think I understand, but. It almost feels like you're all four of those descriptions. So. What she was talking about. It's not related to me but it's process. It's a process. So you go through all four of those process, like that's a process that you go through. Yeah. That was a title of a John Lake Cray book. But the idea was that the character he was writing about in the book was all four of those things. Yeah, that's what, okay. So that's what it felt like. And I think it's related to what she's trying to talk about, which is, and what we're trying to impart to the mm -hmm is that when we come here, we choose a role. It might be sailor, it might be tailor, it might be spy, whatever it is. That's one of our many roles. We've done many over many lifetimes, but each one is a thread, a part of who we are. So Lou, if you wanna 
pick that thread up. Tinker Taylor, what? Soldier Spy, four different personas in one. Okay. So Tinker to me seems like the observer I'm getting. Okay. And then, and I, I got something like childlike. So either, you know, infancy, and it could be, you know, and then Taylor is like your 20. So I think these are time periods too, in your mentality as well. Interesting. And spy is all throughout. <laughs> well, it's also blue. Could we include this with Shakespeare's observation about the seven stages of man, you know, as yeah. a child? Yeah, from four, five, six, yeah, from four on. And each of who we are or this persona that we're trying out. Because if you remember last week, Madam, I'm Adam, we talked about the palindrome aspect of existence. So okay. yeah, while we're here, we're also somewhere else. Always. While we're here, we're playing a role on stage. It could be a Tinker Tailor soldier spy. We put the costume on, we get dressed up, we go out there, and you know, hopefully we walk off with an Oscar <laughs> at the end. But each one's a role. It's right. who we are, but it's threads of who we are over many lifetimes. Is that correct, Lou? Is that what that was about? Yes, hold on a second. I have to talk, I have to interject with something. Please. Something that happened yesterday for me. Um, as some of our listeners are aware of, I have, I have a shaman that I regularly see who's amazing. I have done, I didn't do, just don't worry, I didn't do ayahuasca yesterday. But um, I did go see, um, somebody that I do occasionally um, and it's a supervised ketamine shot. So it's from a doctor that gives you a ketamine shot. And I started this after, you know, I started this a couple of months before my dad passed. And then when my dad passed, I did that as well because it was like my medium to see my dad. Okay. And it's a half hour, but it does something. It it is so spectacular. But yesterday, I felt like I got the closest that I feel happens to us when we die. And it was the most spectacular feeling. I've one of the most spectacular feelings I've ever had. And it so what happens is after you get the shot, you get this, you get you put on a headset and you get these high, you know, these music notes basically. Mm -hmm these high pitched notes. And it, it was like seeing my life as in a roller coaster going super fast, but nothing was separate. Everything was every, and I'm not just saying this, everything was interconnected. You know how you see like a, like if you see sand or if you see all those windows that go together, like they just melt into like a, I don't even know how to explain it. Like everything melts into each other. Like if you if you watch somebody build a sandcastle and build and build and build and like how everything just nothing separates, everything just keeps adding and going. It's kind of like that, only with people. So like I went through and saw 
my cousins, my family, and there was so much love and so much bliss with it. I danced with my dad. And then I, at one point I'm like, where am, where am I? Like, where did I go? Like, where, where, where did I, is this? Oh no, I'm, I don't even know if I can get back. Like that's how far out yeah, when, when you felt. And so when you're describing this, like I had nothing but love and I can see why ketamine, you know, ketamine shots actually have helped anybody that has PTSD, anybody that has severe depression. And I mean, I'm, and again, I'm not a doctor, you know, this was doctor supervised. But I just want to interject one of the people who watches this, this is somebody who's suffering from severe PTSD. And he went to see a doctor who was going to supervise ketamine shots do this for his PTSD. And mm -hmm. the nurse who was setting up the session said, you may see a counsel, you may see guides, you may see teachers. And he was like, wait a minute, have you been reading Rich Martini's books? Because no way. I heard that through my stuff. But this idea, and I just want to clarify, because what you're saying is consistent with what people say when they experience the flip side, they'll talk about unconditional love, that feeling of being connected to everyone. It's not the ketamine that's doing, but the ketamine is giving you access to it. Yes. The filters aside so that you can be outside of the filters that we normally have. And I, and I norm, I don't need really any help with that per se with the filters, but for myself, I do. And so instead of trying to direct, I just allowed it. And it was, I do believe that's what's going to happen when I die. It was every single brother and sister of mine had a different smell, a different feeling. Like it was like, as if I was that, it was as if I was them immersed in them. And they were, nobody was sad. Everyone was happy. Everyone, you know, and I actually got a message to talk to my cousin that I needed to reach out to my cousin who I saw this summer, as you know. Uh -huh. And Oh, I didn't even think about that. And today is my, you know, is my 60th day, by the way, of not drinking alcohol, two months. Um, it went by like that. The first week was very long, but after that, <laughs> it went by really fast. Um, and I reached out to him today because he's an AA. He's an AA and I told him and he was so, it all worked out, but it was something I didn't even think about it was something that was given to me during that, which I know was my takeaway, but I also had nothing but love. I was like, what a waste of time we spend worrying about everything when it can be gone like that. Fear. And then, as we've said before, you know, if you focus on the new information, something that can't be out of your, something you saw or heard or whatever, the idea of calling your cousin came out of that session. It could be in your subconscious, but it could be your higher conscious tapping you in the shoulder saying, don't forget to do this thing, this connection. It was amazing. I'm still on a high from it. It was absolutely amazing. And I felt if she can give us some context about what was going on. Is this a, a filtered experience? Like the filters disappear and it's and it, more, what is it? It's interesting because I, I even asked, like, do I even bring this up? And she was like, you know, Leanne, Luana, excuse me, was like, yes, bring this up. It, you know, we just gave it to you. We gave you a segue into it. Why wouldn't you bring it up? Great. Um, let me ask her. Hold on. 
and my dad, he just showed up too. Um, oh, wow. So the first image they gave me, I kid you not, was parting the sea, like Moses walking down, parting the sea. And they're expressing to me that that's time, like stopping time and having it be, and we've heard of this, we've, we've talked about this, how time does not exist on the other side, right? It all happened, that's exactly what happened. It all happened at once. It feels that way. Let's not right. see whether it is existing, because. Okay. Just my belief, that's just my belief. Let's just say that, okay? Yeah. Um, they said parting the sea, and then it allowed me to exist with my higher self. And there was things that I know that now I'm being shown that I saw, but I didn't remember because it just, it's so challenging to describe. I tried to write it all down, but it was so challenging to, to describe. Um, oh. And I remember taking my dad's hand, I'm getting choked up. And they said, by taking my dad's hand, I took, not just his hand, but I took everybody that was around, like not his hand, my grandparents, everybody that's over there on the other side, as well as all the time asked. It's just another layer of another seed parting of, of all of the times that we've been together. Does that make sense? The frequency that's related to his hand, once you focus on that and it's a literal hand, you're now connected to all the frequencies that he has. Is that right, Jim? Yes, yes. I mean, I could tell that, like, just even down to the hair and the smell, and it was, that part was crazy, too. I even smelled Old Spice at one point, and that's used, that was what he used to wear. Heaven! I know, heaven, Old Spice. Um, hold on. Oh, they're reminding me that I saw Mother Mary and feeling Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. And, and the second that I tried to get into a question, they took me into something else because I, I believe that wasn't the objective was to have me ask questions while I'm trying to like see everything. It's something. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Hold on. It just made everything seem so just, there was no separate, there was no separation of like a table or a chair. It was, you know, if I was in a car something or some, it had to, the car had to be, the car was connected to everything else. It was so, it was different. I was, I was not, I definitely was not an individual or I definitely wasn't, I was the earth. I was the car. I was everything. It was kind of crazy. Let's just, Lou, jump in. I've heard this and we mentioned this before. When we're on the planet, we're more particle than wave. When we're off the planet, we experience things more wave than particle. Yes. The, uh, that we've heard this before in the definition of God, open your heart to everyone and all things. And when you realize you're connected to all things, mm -hmm. epiphany and this word epiphany relates directly to what you're describing, which is feeling connected. And I've, I recorded Sir Francis Young, husband, a number of Mario Beauregard, scientists, different people having an epiphany, fully conscious, walking in the woods, whatever it was, 
but it's exactly what you just described. You're not you, you're part of everything. Everything. And there's the love. It's not just that you're hanging out with everything, but no. the emotion of being unconditionally loved by everyone. Is that everyone and everything. I'm like, I at the end, I'm like, well, how do you guys have time to talk to me? Because it was so fast and it was so, you know, it was just a, it was just so. I'm like, how 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 would you have time to even come to talk to me if it goes this fast and you know, it was just interesting. Well, I think you're one of their pals, a peep. And, right. you know, the idea, though, of giving you this visual, parting the waves, which is people would normally think that's a religious context, but they're showing you this is like a hologram. We're going to freeze the frame. And now we're going to show you an experience. Now, we have to say everybody shouldn't take ketamine. And she no. did in a medical I did it in a medical office yes okay but this is therapy for people with PTSD not that you have PTSD no way to experience it but I think it's important to say this which is you experience what we've been talking about and we've been talking to people on the flip side for yeah. years where they describe this entry into the afterlife is something similar, like an epiphany. Yeah. Connected to everyone and all things. Jim, your father's here. Let's ask him, why was Jennifer given this session yesterday? He just told me to contact my cousin and and to be able to explain it here, because they believe it's gonna help people understand it more by us explaining it. <laughs> and to stop worrying about everything, because I do worry. I do worry about everything. Everybody does. I know. How can we not? And to focus on the love with everyone, not the stuff, not the things that bother you or not the things that, you know, the pedally argue, you know, stupid arguments that you have. You know, it's very challenging to hold on to this feeling that I felt from yesterday, you know, sure. but um, it's, it's, it would be a method. If, if my dad just, yeah, I was just asking that question with my dad. So what Rich is saying and what I just was saying to my dad was, how can we do that? Oh my gosh. Sorry. There are 10 dolphins out in the ocean that I'm seeing and to see it from here, that's amazing. Cool. Sorry about that. It's all right. Ten dolphins is something. Something. But right outside of my, they're playing right outside of my office, directly in front. You lift up your laptop and turn it around. Point outside. I don't know if we can. You don't mind. I can always trim the lift. Okay. But I don't know if you're going to be able to see them. They were right there. Can you see the ocean? Yeah, yeah, we can see. Okay, there was one that just popped up to the right. Barbie. Hello, Mr. Dolphin. I know. It's all right. It's dramatic. That sounds so funny. I know. That was one of the things that I was really incredibly grateful for was the fact 
I write in my journal every day. That was perfect. You should work as a cameraman. That was fantastic. I do, you know, I got to tell you this. This is just a funny, goofy story. I was walking on the beach one day and mm -hmm. I saw some dolphins, you know, like two or three. And I started shouting, Dan Marino. He used to play for the top. Right. They heard me and they turned. They were going like this way. And then they turned and started coming this way. Like I was hurt or, you know, I was asking for their help. And then it was like, oh, no, no, go back, 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 back. <laughs> I wasn't inviting you. I'm just waiting. Oh, gosh, that's funny. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's okay. So to go back to my dad to get back on task. Yes. Perfect. Uh, how do I keep this feeling? Think of the experience. So think of, so the first thing is to think of the experience. So when you feel something. How about who hasn't had the experience? How do they get that? Well, let's go through, let's go through some of that has first <laughs> real fast. And for those that haven't had the experience, Think of their favorite, most loved, like loving experience that they've had with, whether it's with someone or a pet or, you know, what, whoever it, it's with, or <laughs> they just showed me a building, like a church. Like if you had an epiphany at a church or wherever that could, you know, the beach, wherever that takes place. Um, and it could be, okay, they just showed me meditation. Wherever you go to, sometimes you go to a certain space when you, when you meditate. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's a place that you go to. Um, and then they're saying, have the intention of love. Have the, and, and so if you empty yourself, oh, what is that? Empty yourself. Nice. Empty yourself from love, then you're able to give it. How does that work? Receive it. Like, like water. If you empty the vessel of water, then more water comes in. Right. 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 Good question. It's, it's so simple, but yet I made that difficult, but go on. <laughs> well, it's an unusual topic, and I've asked this question to people. It's a very simple question, but I want to get your father's take on it. And Luana. Okay. What is love? What is it? I don't think there's a scientific explanation for it. We oh, wow. only know it through experience. I'm trying to feel it into it, so give me a second. Go ahead. It's feeling connected in all things. So I just had that feeling of yesterday. They gave me that feeling of yesterday of love love isn't an outside it's not being separate from anything. It's not something that, you know, I look at this table or I look at this computer, it's not it's, and I'm not saying be one with the table or the computer, but it's being immersed. It's okay. They just showed me it's being immersed with other people and knowing where they've walked. Okay. You know, that's a way to have compassion as well, but love. So what, how are you asking? What are you asking? No, I'm asking. It's just a simple question. What is it? Because science has never defined it. There, there's no, it doesn't arise the way, you know, people, Imagine consciousness arising. It doesn't arise. It's an experience. And if you haven't had it, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, so they show me the G word, but 
as you know, the G word, God, is also the universal, we don't have to say the word God. It could be Buddha, it could be whatever you believe in. And God, you don't have to blame me for not using it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I don't want people to get caught. The last thing I want you to do is just say, what? Because I know I was at a, there was a time in my life where I couldn't even say the word. I, have, I wanted nothing to do with the word. It's different. I'm, I'm not trying to change anybody's belief structure or anything. It's all encompassing. So if something feels all encompassing, encompassing, then there's no exclusive, you know, nobody's exclusive to this. To that I like I have it and you don't. No, everyone has it. Everyone can have the same amount. Everyone can have, and again, the more you empty yourself and get, you'll receive more love. The more that you give love, the more you'll receive. I had this conversation yesterday with a doctor and he was asking me about the research. And I said, I hear this term often, unconditional love in this research. People talk about it. Uh -huh. It doesn't exist on our planet other than some parents and children, some, some animals and owners, not all. But I tell people they can examine this moment when they think about the moment they fell in love with their significant other. There's a moment before you were in love and then a moment when you are in love. And if you just narrow it down and the answers I get, and they're consistent, I felt like family. I felt not judged, unconditionally loved. And as I said to this doctor, I said, this isn't a term you hear in life. You don't hear it from the pulpit. On the pulpit, it's all conditional love. If you behave a certain way, right. I do. It doesn't exist on the planet. But when we say the words, unconditional love, everybody listening knows what I'm talking about. How could that be? Since it doesn't exist. So then that's why I ask about love first. You're talking about unconditional love in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's almost impossible to define love, just like impossible to define consciousness, but they right. To be related so that's my question to Lou and Jim how related is consciousness to love or unconditional love consciousness is an awareness so I know that's just what popped into my head so give me a second they're interchangeable what Inter they're interchangeable love you have to have an awareness of but like you have to have an awareness they're interchangeable so if you're if you have an awareness of love um then you're conscious of it and vice versa you know we spend a lot of time parsing things in on the planet trying to figure out what is this what okay so somebody keeps bothering me not bothering me i'm sorry somebody keeps popping in from the other side so i have to and it's it's um it's the atheist. What's his name? Sorry. Wow. Is it? Harry Dean Stanton? Not Harry Dean Stanton, but I'm sure it has part of it. The other one. The other atheist. No, the one that was in the wheelchair. Sorry. Oh, the Stephen Hawking. Okay. What's his name? I'm sorry. What's his name again? Stephen Hawking. Yes, Stephen Hawking. Okay, hold on. Hi, Steve. 
He says there's a theory, of course. That is pretty amazing. So he showed me the square root of pi, correct? Yeah. So the square root of pi, and he said, then you take the decimal and you go out as far as, you remember when we talked about the savants? Um, Blue was a book by that was written with a savant that took it to like the whole, to the end, you know. All the way yeah. up. Yeah. He just showed me that connection is a connection. Like if you put each decimal, you put something in it and that it just carries everything through to make up our universe. I'm not saying the square root of pi does that, but he's just showing me an analogy. A mathematical uh, construct. Exactly. <laughs> so, Stephen, why did you want to pop in and mention that? Because you're saying it's a mathematical construct? Because it's something we could know? Yes. Okay. So love is a mathematical construct. He says it was for him. Like, he showed me like X minus, I don't know, equals what, it, hold on. He had faith in science. So love was a mathematical construct for him. But he says for those people that don't know mathematical constructs, per se, they have faith that there is love. Well, that's their love. You don't need a mathematical equation to have it. But faith is also a term that's used for love. Okay. But now the you're on the other flip side. I'll try on the flip side. What's your experience with regard to love being a mathematical construct? Is that still accurate? Yes, more than that can be, more than what can be explained. Okay, that, we don't have to explain it. Everything is. But I think it's fascinating that we were asking about what the meaning of love is. What is love? And somebody who is a scientist, physicist, came forward to say, to offer, not only is it what we just talked about, unconditional love, it's consciousness, but it's also a mathematical construct. Is that correct, Stephen? Yep, yes. Way beyond my capacity to comprehend or understand, but I appreciate it. Maybe somebody out there listening suddenly goes, Eureka. Well, he's okay. So he's showing me, he goes, like all the universes, like it just keeps going and keeps going. And then he showed me in my mind's eye yesterday how I felt like I was going out to different universes as well. Like it was a very, um, again, hard to describe. I don't yeah. understand. And if I may, that I, I was just about to give a formula L, love. Equals time. Mm -hmm. Whatever. The idea being that love is a construct that's related to our connectivity. We're all connected. Time, which you were outside of yesterday. You yes. Outside of time. And from that perspective, you can see how everything is connected and how everyone is connected. To the point where I thought I got was getting lost. Say again? To the point that I thought I was getting lost. Yeah, like how do I get back? I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Where's Jack? Like, where am I? Am I like I think I'm in the did I just die? I literally thought I died, but it wasn't a scary thing. 
it wasn't anything. I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'll get back home somehow. <laughs> like, that's what happened in my mind. It's funny because Luana and I wrote a screenplay many years ago together where a, a kid had an out-of-body experience and then his body was whisked away and he couldn't get back into it. And so the whole movie was Chim trying to figure out a way to get back. Anyway. That was so funny. So, Lou, certainly at this point, we have to let you bring forward anyone that you have on your list. I left it open to you. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Do you want to bring someone forward? All right, hold on a second. I'm Harry Dean because he passed away uh, three years ago, yesterday. Oh, okay, hold on a second. Well, he, okay, well, he wants to come. <laughs> All right, well, both him and Bill said big love, so that was kind of funny in and of itself. It is funny. Um, no pun intended. Um, I did love what Bill said last time. That was fascinating to me. And of course, he just reminded me of that because of course I forgot already. <laughs> oh. When? Did you write a song for Harry Dean? Um, no. I'm not sure why he was alive, but did you write one afterwards? No, two days ago, I was editing a like a sequel, the flip side. And I got to this portion of you and I talking to Harry Dean. And I realized there's so much that Harry Dean says in our conversation, which is verifiable details of somebody coming from the other side to converse with us. Harry Dean used to sing. He was a singer, sang a lot of Mexican songs. Very, you know, a lot of movies. Rich, Rich, Rich. we're gonna have to do a do-over. You're frozen. Rich, Rich, sweetie. We have to cut that whole part out. Okay, five, four, three, two. Okay, so did you, by chance, did you write, like he's showing me writing music. Did you play music or write music, a song? Well, a couple days ago, I was editing the sequel to Flipside, and there's a section where you and I are talking to Harry Dean Stanton, character actor, and I'm editing him singing and talking. Harry sang a lot of Spanish songs, Mexican songs. He was uh, pretty famous for that. Cool Hand Luke, he sings. But anyway, so yeah. we were, in a sense, I was listening to him singing. And I'm editing him talking about not only what he used to talk about before he left. You know, he was an atheist, skeptic. But his experience now. And so that's been an unusual thing. Wow. I quote Harry a lot because he said to us, we asked him, what do you want me to say at his memorial? And he said, tell people there is an afterlife. And I said, Harry, all your friends are atheists. No one's gonna believe that I spoke to you through Jennifer, nobody. And he said, tell them to believe in the possibility of an afterlife so then they won't argue about it and waste their time like i did i thought that was very clever and i every time we talk to him yeah most of our class but yeah harry bill you guys want to pitch in 
They've shown me Robert. That's interesting. Hold on. Oh, they have Hira. Hold on. Robert is okay. So they're making me feel cinnamon. So this is just something you need to talk to Robert about. We, you know, oh. um, that he used to feed Hira. I don't know if it was cinnamon, and then he showed me carrot sticks. There's something they used to do that he's doing now for himself. I don't know something that he used to feed Hira. That's funny. He's doing now for himself. Well, Robert asked me today uh, if Hira could come to visit him. So this is. Yeah. Question for people out there. How do you get your pet who's passed away to come for a visit? That's so interesting. Create the huge, like if you fed your pet human food, get the human food again. Like do, but that's what he's showing me. So it's interesting that Robert asked you that question because that's what he, he's making me taste cinnamon and he's making me taste um, carrots for some reason. Cinnamon and carrots. Like applesauce, I don't know. Cinnamon applesauce, something like that. Huh. And maybe that's, and that's just a way, like if you're eating, you, of course you eat it, you don't leave it there for them, but like of offering, but it's just something that will be registered, like you will feel more, again, it goes back to feeling more connected. That's why people do things like in honor of the, their loved ones from the other side, they go do things that their loved ones like to do, or they fix dinners that their loved ones loved. You know, because they feel more connected, and that's that's what makes them have a better. Thank you. That, that it makes blah. It makes them have a better connection in the way that they feel. They're always connected, but their awareness gets more connected when they're doing something they think that they love. We've also heard speak of them in present tense. Oh, I can't tell you how much they how upsetting how upset they get when I don't do that. I'm like he was really funny, and they're like, "I am funny." <laughs> I'm like, ooh, ooh. "Oh, well, people, you know, somebody would said to me today that was like, my mom is gone, and I'm saying, no, your mom sent you here to ask me a question to remind you she's not gone. She's just not here. It's not here, right? So, Harry, Billy. Oh, that's what he was gonna say. He said thank you. He showed me. Sorry. Okay. They always show me things so fast and then I forget. So they bring me back on task again. So he showed me that, um, show me again, sorry. Oh, you reached out to somebody in the last couple of months that you did talk to. I don't, somebody that's older than you. You're kind of old. <laughs> okay. Oh, I know who he's talking about say about that conversation, Harry Dean? I know who he's referring to. An okay. old friend of his, who I spoke to yesterday. Harry Dean, you know, Luana, you know what we were talking about. What would you like to say about our conversation with Harry Dean's old friend? They, they said bravo. 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 Very good. Um, you did everything. You, go ahead. You, you did everything right, they're saying. You really made them, um, even if they didn't understand, it's the fact that you got the information out, whatever, whoever you were talking to. Okay. It, made, it made them walk away feeling better, or it made them feeling better about the, about the future, about the flip side. 
Okay. Well, Harry Dean, relating to this question of this person that I was talking to yesterday, who's an old friend of yours, who's older. <laughs> I don't know why that was such a big deal to him that, oh. that his friend is older. It's not, I can, I know who he's talking about. This project and Moana's related to it. it we're not going to talk about the future, but I want your advice, Lou. You know who I'm talking about. There's somebody else in our class, Rance. I don't know his last name, but Rance, who's also involved. And I just want to hear from you guys. Are we going in the right direction? It feels like you are. <laughs> it feels like you're at the. It feels like you're at the cliff. I see you looking over a cliff to jump. <laughs> um, and it's taking. It's you got. You have the right people to take along. I think that's what they're showing me. Okay, and if this comes to fruition, I'll come back and report it here. But it's funny because two days ago I was editing Harry Dean's, you know, footage, and yesterday somebody who was very close to Harry Dean at Moana called me and he wanted to run this thing by me, which relates to what I'm asking about. So I think I, I assume they all orchestrated that, but I just wanted to get it from them. Absolutely. Horses' mouths. Absolutely. All right, how much time do I have with you? Um, we have about 12 minutes. Oh, plenty of time. Let's talk to Jesus. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. Does he want to talk to us? Oh. Thank you. He said he was there yesterday. Like with my dad. That was part of me holding on to my dad that was holding on to everything else. What time was this is yesterday? Roughly. Uh 1223. 1223. Well. Wow. The reason why I know that the reason why I know that is because I had a I had a uh, I met a friend for lunch at one o'clock and I had to move it up because it takes a half hour and I just didn't I needed time. Right from ketamine to lunch? Yes. Well, you're brave. Um I, why Jesus popped into my head, I don't know. I'm going to ask him. To show you the connectedness. To show you the So when he showed me my experience yesterday, because of who I was connected with, it connected to him. Like, Jesus is always there if you believe he could be there. Okay. So just like the Buddha. Just like... Buddha, I don't mean to say the Buddha, just like Buddha, just like, I'm so sorry. All right. But here's my question for you, J-Man, J-Zeus. You popped into my head yesterday. What for? That was around 4 o'clock. think so. What for? What were you doing? <laughs> He's playing bouncy ball with us. Hold on. <laughs> You, he says that you were looking at something. I don't know if it was uh, the script, a script or whatever words or whatever. I don't know. I'm seeing that you're looking at something. And then you were answering a question. Were you answering a question when he popped into your head off of Cora? 
No. 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 Okay. It's okay. The the week. And for listeners out there, this is why we work together. He's gonna say no if I get it wrong. There's not always like, oh yeah, she got it. No, he doesn't make stuff up. So please know that when I get it right, I get it right. But when I'm wrong, I get it wrong. But so he did pop into my head yesterday, and not he's not a guy who pops into my head. Um, you know, apologies. I you know, he doesn't. But yesterday, at a certain point, around four o'clock, I was in a place, and I was getting my teeth work done, and I heard Jesus here, and I'm thinking to myself, "What?" <laughs> in the dentist's office, and a split second, I thought, "Uh oh." I'm going to swallow a crown and, you know, I'll go to the flip side. But that's why I'm asking him, what was that about? Or was that my imagination? We're busy doing something else. I'm not going to. That was him. That was him. Was he there to laugh at me? <laughs> no, he knew. Okay. You were terrified. I was terrified. But you know, you get into that trance state where, you know, somebody's doing this and you're like, okay, I'm not here. You know, let me ask you this, Jay Zeus, because we talked about this before. Is it related to shifting your consciousness away? Bingo. Okay. Bingo. And is that what you did? on the cross yes so you shifted your go ahead they say there's two things that do that when you're in so much pain you leave your body or when you're going you know when you're going through something very traumatic you leave your body so that as well as um what you just said sorry consciousness away right so that you don't experience discomfort. Could be turbulence on a plane. Could be anything. Right. Um, well, that's, it's mastering connectedness. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring connectedness. So to shift yourself outside of your connectedness is a way to avoid pain. Physicality. It's a way to avoid pain. It's also, um, show me again. Oh my God, it just showed up and I, oh, I hate that when I do that. It's so perfect and then I- Shifting. You're showing me. Consciousness. That's it. <laughs> it just made me do it by example. When you're thinking too much, you can't get anything. And so in order to get out of yourself, you have to be able to let everything else go, right? You can't have, you can't be thinking so much about it. You can't be thinking like, you just have to go. You have to have faith. You have to have, you just have to know that you can go. Which relates to what you said early, earlier about love. Letting go, let the vessel empty and more comes in. Correct. Let the vessel, let the fear go. And then you can observe it, let the stress go, and you can be above it. 
and when you when you have these experiences with your body like your body all the receptors of your like all the stress or all when you when you send yourself signals like oh my gosh i can't stand the way i look or i can't stand this or that your body feels it and it sticks to your body like you're you 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 really have to be and i know this is challenging especially like i you know the last um the other day, I had two people that had cancer that were in my office two, at two different times on the same day. And you really have, first of all, nobody's their cancer. Nobody causes cancer. Let's be clear about that. But in order to get through it, you have to love your body strength. You have to start treating your body as something that's housing your soul. So you have to get it. I know that's challenging to even think about. That mindset, I have to kill, 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 kill. I've heard this from one doctor who, who was teaching his cancer patients, love your body, love the cancer, as weird as that sounds, as if it was a, a child inside of you, but you're asking it to move away, to not be part of your system. But that idea of not, of avoiding that hatred or that killing, listen, I don't, I have no idea how anybody can go through it, but some people can. It's, um, it is challenging. I, I, my biggest thing is send your body love. That makes sense. I've also heard people like Anita Morjani, famous near death experience case where she had cancer and was dying. But when she had this out of body experience, this near death event, she saw the causes behind all the problems in her body from this other perspective and immediately started fixing them. And she was able to come back into her body and within hours, the doctors were saying, I don't know what happened, but there's like a miracle here. Right. Anyway, she's fine now. That's not that anybody can do that, but in her case, in her journey, in her path, she was able to examine the causes and right. rewire the system. She died. Like I do believe that what happened to me yesterday was like dying. Like I died. Only there was no pain. There was no suffering involved. I mean, I I mean I still have the chills over what I experienced yesterday. It was just everything made sense. And it was I can't say that now being out of it, but I was just like wow it was so fun it was so amazing but not in a just because it was so like nothing was separate there was no separate nothing was separate from from me i was everything so if we can have a takeaway talking about this process and access and talking about having an epiphany which is something that's not induced by the ketamine. The ketamine moves the filters aside. Parts the sea. The parts of the seas. You experience something many, 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 many people have said in this research, this feeling of being connected to everyone and all things. People talk about it on the flip side. Jennifer and I have talked to many people who have said, we ask, what's the experience like? You're connected to everything. Our class, when they appear, they're all connected to everybody. Yeah. Part of it is just opening your mind to the possibility that you can be connected, that you can't, you don't have to fear, you don't have to be angry, 
but you can open your heart to everything yes. and everyone. Yes. Something like that. So much, I mean, what I was shown, so everything that I saw was so loving and so kind. All my brothers and sisters, all my cousins, my grandpa and grandma, like, and then all the moments of my children here. And then the times where I was a little kid and my experiences and what experiences that might have been bad here that created something so great. Like every experience created something so great, even though it might have felt yucky at the time. Up, I say up there, but when I was going through this process yesterday, everything was just so amazing. It was, it was all, you know, again, happening and it was... <laughs> It was all happening for the right reasons. Like there was nothing that was happening for the wrong reasons. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that people, I'm not, please know that I'm not discounting somebody's hey. trauma or what you've gone through or, you know, I, I'm not just, I'm just saying for myself, what I have gone through it when I thought it was the worst thing that could ever happen, you know, it turned out to be amazing of the things that transpired after that. I, I just, I hope. That we talked about this a little bit, that the coals in your path that you're trying to get over when you get through them, when you traverse them and you get to the other side, you mm -hmm. see them as diamonds because you conquered them. You traversed them. You were able to go beyond yeah. so that idea that the most difficult trauma can sometimes be the greatest lesson and sometimes it's a great lesson in the scope of all your lifetimes we just see it in terms of one but from that other side you can see it in terms of a hundred right yeah. <laughs> well that's an unusual conversation wasn't it i know i have the chills oh your buddy said he'll talk to you later which um, Harry Dean. Harry Dean. Harry Dean, I will keep working on this scene that you're in. I'll try to make it reflect who you are. Dust, it was dusted off, whatever it is that you're working on. I get it. Um, okay. I appreciate everybody. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Luana. Tell him that Hira says hello and he loves him. And then he's says hello to Robert Town. We'll let him know. Thanks. I got cottage cheese, cinnamon, or apples and cinnamon, and then carrots. But whatever that is, <laughs> I know. Bye, everyone. Thank oh. you. We love you. Okay. <laughs>